0: Welcome back to the
1: last episode of Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we've been talking about driving business results without relying on buying your traffic. With us again today is John Bennion, who is the CEO of Online Marketing Gurus, which is an agency that specializes in SEO, AdWords, and social media advertising. In their over six years of business, OMG has grown their network to over 100 gurus that help their clients skyrocket sales by being transparent, honest, and building real relationships that deliver revenue results. And so far this week, John and I have talked about when you should prioritize your organic growth strategies, how organic is different than SEO alone, how to evaluate and blend your organic and paid channels, and what to do in a post-COVID world to improve your SEO strategies. And today we're going to talk about evaluating your content beyond the click. All right, here's the last episode of Organic Growth Week with John Bennion, CEO of Online Marketing Gurus. John, welcome back to Organic Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast.
2: It's good to be back. I've really enjoyed this week, and I really appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Happy Friday. I'm excited to wrap up our conversation and send everybody off into the weekend with some actionable tips. Now, we have talked a lot about organic growth, how it's not just SEO. You got to take your content, you got to syndicate it. Maybe you're doing email some events, and you are going to rely on your paid channels and some link building strategies to start to try to grow your organic presence. At some point, you got to think about whether what you're doing is actually making an effect. Talk to me about how you evaluate the value and the purpose of content.
2: So when you're writing the content, starting with the end in mind, like, what do you want out of this? And as we've kind of alluded to, we want clicks, we want purchases, we want somebody to call us, we want someone to download this ebook, we want them to join the newsletter. And one of the very first things that I'm going to suggest to everybody, and some of you listening might be a little nervous, or some of you might not know how, but what you all need to do is get on Google Optimize, and you need to start running A-B tests. You need to start trying to figure out what sort of changes, what sort of adjustments, what sort of tweaks do you need to be making so that the content continues to work after the click and you get more of those clicks.
1: You know, I think that the key part here is understanding your marketing funnel and understanding the purpose of each piece of content. We talked earlier about finding that thumb stopping piece of content that's going to drive engagement. You know, When you have this amazing image that you're going to post on Facebook or on LinkedIn that's going to get hundreds of people to click on your post and maybe they visit your website, you've got a calculator or some sort of other gimmick that just gets somebody to your homepage, the expectation isn't that they're going to go to your homepage and buy whatever your products or services are. It's that they've now raised their hand they've now self-selected to be part of your audience. And so you evaluate that piece of content differently than you would, say, something that shows your product's pricing or talks about booking a demo. So when you think about going through the funnel, what are the different stages that you have and what are the KPIs that you look at to evaluate each piece of related content?
2: So let's talk about the buyer's journey and let's do this from a B2B perspective. So typically, when we're setting up funnels, the very first thing we're going to do is say, okay, we need to attract them. We're going to use things like SEO, we're going to use our blogs, our social media, we might do a little YouTube, a little remarketing, we take a stranger, and we've now turned them into a visitor. So the next step is that we need to convert them. This is where we're going to specialize on making sure our website has the right stuff, we're going to make sure our landing page is on point, we're going to use maybe some sort of again, remarketing or retargeting to get those people, those strangers, those visitors back so that they can become the next step, which is we want leads. So we're going to take them from strangers to visitors to leads, and you're going to use a combination of different strategies and different tactics. But when you're evaluating it, you have to be honest with yourself. Sometimes you're going to produce a piece of content that you think is just amazing, and it's going to have a poor result. And sometimes that's hard. Well, probably the best thing you can do is not continue to use that piece of content or maybe change it or tweak it and just be willing to say, hey, I missed here. I'm going to try again and I'm going to make adjustments.
1: Yeah, I think that what you don't want to do is look at a piece of content that meant to drive engagement and say, well, this didn't drive direct conversion results. Let's create some different engagement content, right? You have to understand what the purpose of each piece of content is. And you also have to understand who the audience that you're sharing it with is. I can take a piece of content that is meant to drop someone off at a really compelling page, you know, join our newsletter or we're having this webinar event, something that's meant to just capture contact information. And if I'm sending it to a cold audience, it's not going to convert. But if I'm sending it to my existing leads, then all of a sudden they have a relationship with the company. They already have self selected, they're more likely to be interested. Now I'm going to have a higher conversion rate. So, To me, when you're talking about evaluating your content, not all content is meant to get someone from Google to your website to conversion. You need to think about what is great as an introductory piece of content, what's a converting piece of content to get your contact information, what is meant to drive someone into your sales funnel, and what's really going to push them over the edge. When you're talking about systems and evaluation methodology, are there any platforms that you use to evaluate your content that you find super useful?
2: We use HubSpot for a lot of our content metrics. So we can see engagement, we can see clicks, we can see downloads. And I think for the most part, HubSpot's a pretty fantastic solution for a lot of companies. You can use it when you're small, you can use it when you scale up. Eventually, you might need to graduate into some more sophisticated programs, but Setting up Google Search Console appropriately. I'd say that most of the campaigns I run into, almost none of them are actually set up very well. There's almost no conversion tracking. There's almost no goal tracking. There's almost no UTM parameters set up. I mean, everybody already has all the access they need into great platforms to understand what their audience is doing. And nobody is spending enough time actually setting them up properly so they can get the information that they need to make informed decisions.
1: I think the hard part for content marketing and evaluation is that your content can be useful in a couple different places. So assigning a dollar value or ROI to a piece of content can be really, really challenging. Have you come up with a methodology where you're saying, hey, this piece of content drives X number of dollars for this client? How do you figure out actual content ROI?
2: I tell you what, when someone can answer that question, let me know (laughs) because I'd be curious. It's hard. You can try. You can dollar and sense it. You can say, okay, it costs X amount of dollars to produce this much content. We had this many views. And you do want to do this. You want to say, okay, we had this many views. We had this many downloads. We had this many lead forms that were filled out and we closed this much revenue. But again, because content can be used in so many different ways, one thing that I see, we've talked a lot about organic growth channels. Sometimes SEO gets a lot of credit when maybe it wasn't SEO that actually drove that visitor. Maybe they saw something on LinkedIn did a Google search. And I guess that's still kind of technically SEO, but it's not what got them attracted or interested you in the first place.
1: Right. Then you're getting into a multi-touch attribution problem.
2: I was just going to say attribution modeling is extremely difficult, especially for companies that are producing a lot of content. What I would say is that, look, we know that really good content marketing can work. We know that producing valuable information and then sharing that on the platforms is effective. And I would say that do your best, like set up Google Analytics, set up Search Console, do your very best to track when you, you know, if you put out content, what sort of visitors it has, what sort of engagement it has, but just be open to the idea that you might not be able to track it perfectly. And going the distance is going to be important. If you look at successful websites, they almost all have a traffic curve that looks like this. They start producing content and no one can see what I'm doing because I just remembered that this is a podcast. (laughs) But imagine a flat line that skyrockets eventually. It's like the compound effect. You're going to do something. You're going to do something. You're going to do something. Eventually, that work, as long as you're doing a pretty good job, will pay dividends.
1: Everyone who's listening at home, John is actually holding up a hockey stick right now as we speak. And I think that that's the important thing to think about when you're talking about a content business, when you're talking about driving organic growth is you're not going to see results right away. And that's why most brands, when they first start off, they shy away from content there. I don't want to invest the time. It's going to take a long time for us to scale. And what inevitably happens is those businesses see linear growth and they get to a point and that flatlines, right? They just get stuck. They hit a ceiling. And when you're constantly investing in organic growth, you're creating an asset that becomes more valuable over time. And the more that you're investing, you're not just getting the sort of one unit of content value. You're getting one unit of content value, but you're also building your domain authority. And so your content, if you continue to invest in organic growth... Becomes valuable, but it takes time to mature. And that's the point I really want to drive home as we wrap up this entire week about organic growth. Organic growth takes time, effort, and patience. And if you do it right, Then you're sitting at six months, a year away from when you started with a marketing engine that you're not constantly paying for that becomes exceedingly valuable over time and often has a higher ceiling than what your paid channels would.
2: Yeah, I think a metaphor that makes sense with me, we've all seen this in a textbook somewhere. It's like you have a two by four and a two by four can hold X amount of weight. And let's say that it's 400 pounds. I'm making this up. So you think, okay, two, two by 4s stacked on top of each other should hold 800 pounds. But no, it holds 1,200. You don't just double it. So that first piece of content is actually going to make your second piece of content a little bit more effective because you've already built up a little domain authority. You've already built up a little something. And then your third piece of content, the first one that you built is going to build on that and then so on and so on. And eventually you have this tower that can support a ton of traffic.
1: John, I think that true words have never been spoken on the podcast. The more you get into content, the more you focus on organic growth, the more successful you're going to be with it. But let's be honest, it is not an immediate return game. And that's really the difference between performance marketing and organic growth as it requires patience, consistency, and you're constantly investing, knowing you're probably going to be negative ROI on creating the content for a little while until you start to see everything pick up. John, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you again for being my guest, supporting the show, being our sponsor, and telling the audience about your views on organic growth.
2: Thank you, Ben. I've had a great time.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to John Benyon, CEO of Online Marketing Gurus for joining us. If you'd like to contact John, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is John underscore Benyon, J-O-N underscore B-E-N-N-I-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is onlinemarketinggurus.com.